Hi, it's Bob here. Now, before we begin our catechism class, a wee quick announcement, please. This podcast goes live on Tuesday, December the 6th, 2022. But it will be part of our weekly worship, our regular worship at Ballymacashan on Lord's Day the 11th of December, 22. And on the following two Lord's Days, then we'll be preaching and teaching on the Virgin Birth and the Incarnation of Christ. So we're going to pause our catechism classes just now, and we'll recommence them again on Tuesday, the 10th of January, 2023. God willing. Welcome to our catechism class. It's a weekly look at the Heidelberg Catechism to help you learn Christian doctrine with a warm and practical application. Each lesson has its own study guide, and the web link to find that guide can be found in the episode notes. Okay, let's start the lesson. So welcome to our Catechism class. We're looking at Lord's Day 26, question 69, and question 70 on the subject of baptism. And the Catechist has been teaching us generally about the sacraments, making some observations that apply to both ordinances, to baptism and to communion. And he's reminded us that there are no more than these two sacraments permitted in our church worship. But now he wants us to look at the two sacraments individually, and we must begin with baptism. So in Lord's Day 26, Question 69, he asks, How is it signified and sealed to you in baptism that you have part in the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross? Our answer is, thus, that Christ instituted this outward washing with water and joined it to this promise, that I am washed with his blood and spirit from the pollution of my soul, that is, from all my sins, as certainly as I am washed outwardly with water, whereby commonly the filthiness of the body is taken away. I'm Bob McAvoy, and this is the Semper Reformata Podcast. Okay, let's start with the brain teaser. What do you think about when you have given in to temptation? Now, before you start objecting to that question, let's remember that all of us are tempted and all of us will at some point and to some extent fall foul of that temptation. We'll lose our temper or we'll tell a lie or maybe we'll drive above the speed limit. You just add your own examples. When a Christian sins, the Holy Spirit will convict that Christian and his or her conscience will trouble him until he repents. So what do you think about when you've sinned? 
A modern version of the Catechism rewords question 69 in a way that's easier for us to understand. It asks, how does baptism remind you and assure you that Christ's one sacrifice on the cross is for you personally? So here's our two main teaching points for this lesson. Firstly, that baptism is a constant reminder for when we sin. And secondly, that baptism speaks to us of our personal salvation. So our first proposition is that when we fall short, when we yield to temptation, when we sin, we should think about our baptism. Now that might sound very odd to most modern evangelicals. Baptism is something we do once and we forget about it afterwards. It's done and dusted. It's another box ticked on our spiritual journey. But it shouldn't be like that. Lutherans speak frequently of their baptism of how it points them to their cleansing from sin by the Lord Jesus. When you sin, think of your baptism. Think it through, that just as sure as the water washes our outward skin, so Christ's shed blood on the cross cleanses us from all our sins. Here's our instructor again. I am washed with his blood and spirit from the pollution of my soul, that is, from all my sins, as certainly as I am washed outwardly with water, whereby commonly the filthiness of the body is taken away. Now some Christians get this mixed up. They think that if they have sin, they have to kind of get saved all over again. That's not so. When I was a small boy growing up in Belfast, we lived in a little cottage with two bedrooms and no inside bathroom. There was no such thing as a shower or hot water and the bath was a tin tub placed in front of the fire on a Saturday night with boiled water poured into it. The rest of the week, the tub hung on the yard wall. We were bathed once a week. But I played in the yard and in the small garden in the front of the house, and I got dirty. And every night my grandmother would lift me up onto the draining board and put my feet in the kitchen sink while my mother washed my hands and face. Now, with that less than savoury picture etched in your mind, let's do a Bible reading. It's from John 13, verse 4 to verse 10. He, that's Jesus, riseth from supper and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. 
we must be washed. Not just with water outwardly, but washed from sin. And when that washing has been applied to us, it is a once-for-all event that never needs to be applied again. But just as Peter's feet were dirty from the dusty roads of Israel, so we walk through this dirty world. We see things we shouldn't see. We hear things that we shouldn't hear. We're soiled by the filth and some of its sticks. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb. We are every whit clean, but we do need that old worldly dirt washed off us every day. And that's where thinking about our baptism and its significance really helps us to understand how we have been cleansed by Christ. So, I am washed with his blood and spirit from the pollution of my soul, that is, from all my sins, as certainly as I am washed outwardly with water. Think about that when you're tempted. And if you ever yield to temptation, think about your baptism and what Christ has done for you at the cross, washing you from sin. But hold on a minute. I can see a problem here. What if I can't remember my baptism? Many Christians have been baptised as adults, and they can well remember the occasion. But others will have been baptised as tiny babies. How can they remember their baptism? Well, that's why it's important that a baptismal service is an occasion for the whole church family, and not just for individual families. When we attend a baptismal service, we're reminded of the sacrament as we watch it being celebrated. And our churches should have visible evidence of baptism in our church furniture. At the front of most of our church buildings, we have the Lord's table, so that even when we are not participating in a communion service, we are made aware that communion is part of our worship, that it is a pointer to Calvary and to the Lord's return. Up until recently at our church at Ballymacashan, we had no reminder of the sacrament of baptism. But some months ago, I became aware of an old baptismal font in a closed-down church. I asked for it and rescued it, and some good friends restored it and toned the wood down to match the church furniture. And we placed it at the front of the church, next to the communion table and below the level of the pulpit so that anyone sitting in the building during a service will be aware that the ministry of the church is a ministry of word and sacrament. We see the pulpit, central and above all, with the furniture of baptism and communion. I think I like the Anglican practice too, where the baptismal font is placed at the door of the church to remind those coming to worship that baptism points to their reception and their redemption, and the entering into new life in Christ by faith alone. Now that brings me to my second proposition, that my baptism emphasises my personal redemption. The Catechist says, I am washed with his blood and spirit from the pollution of my soul, that is, from all my sins, as certainly 
as I am washed outwardly with water, whereby commonly the filthiness of the body is taken away. Baptism reminds me that my sins have been dealt with by my Saviour on the cross. Jesus died for me. There's a hymn that says, When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And that really is how personal my salvation is. The Catechist reminds us that my salvation is not only accomplished by Christ, but it is applied to my life by the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's thinking of the words of John the Baptist in Matthew 3 and 11, where he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. At regeneration, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer, cleanses us and gives us new life. We're born again, we cringe away from our sins, we loathe those sins and we sorrow over them. And in repentance, we seek forgiveness from the Lord, so that every day we grow closer to Christ and we live lives that are more pleasing to him. Romans 6 and verse 3 Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead to the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So in question 70, we see the Catechist explaining to us about this sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Question 70 asks, What is it to be washed with the blood and Spirit of Christ? It is to have the forgiveness of sins from God through grace, for the sake of Christ's blood, which he shed for us in his sacrifice on the cross, and also to be renewed by the Holy Spirit and sanctified to be members of Christ, so that we may more and more die on to sin and lead holy and unblameable lives. We are reminded of all of that in Christian baptism. One final point. Baptism was instituted in the church by the Lord Jesus himself. It is important, and I hope that in this lesson we have discovered just how important it is. It is part of the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. It is our duty as Christians to make disciples. And we're told by the Lord Jesus himself how we are to do this. We do it by going. It is a missionary calling for every single believer. And by teaching, specifically teaching these new disciples to be obedient to the commands of Christ, 
and by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's how important baptism is. We must never neglect it. And we must keep it foremost in our minds. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please help to make it better known by opening the podcast app on your phone or mobile device. Then, search for The Semper Reformata Podcast. Subscribe and give it a 5-star rating. See you next time.